Chapter Nineteen of Mary, a Fiction by Mary Wollstonecraft. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen. Two days passed away without any particular conversation. Henry, trying to be indifferent or to appear so, was more assiduous than ever. The conflict was too violent for his present state of health. The spirit was willing, but the body suffered. He lost his appetite and looked wretchedly. His spirits were calmly low. The world seemed to fade away. What was that world to him that Mary did not inhabit? She lived not for him. He was mistaken. His affection was her only support. Without this dear prop she had sunk into the grave of her lost, long-loved friend. His attention snatched her from despair. Inscrutable are the ways of heaven." The third day Mary was desired to prepare herself, for if the wind continued in the same point, they should set sail the next evening. She tried to prepare her mind, and her efforts were not useless, she appeared less agitated than could have been expected, and talked of her voyage with composure. On great occasions she was generally calm and collected, her resolution would brace her unstrung nerves, but after the victory she had no triumph she would sink into a state of moping melancholy, and feel tenfold misery when the heroic enthusiasm was over. The morning of the day fixed on for her departure, she was alone with Henry only a few moments, and an awkward kind of formality made them slip away without their having said much to each other. Henry was afraid to discover his passion, or give any other name to his regard but friendship yet his anxious solicitude for her welfare was ever breaking out, while she as artlessly expressed again and again her fears with respect to his declining health. "'We shall soon meet,' said he with a faint smile. Mary smiled too. She caught the sickly beam. It was still fainter by being reflected, and not knowing what she wished to do, started up and left the room." when she was alone she regretted she had left him so precipitately the few precious moments i have thus thrown away may never return she thought the reflection led to misery she waited for nay almost wished for the summons to depart she could not avoid spending the intermediate time with the ladies and henry and the trivial conversations she was obliged to bear a part in harassed her more than can be well conceived. The summons came, and the whole party attended her to the vessel. For a while the remembrance of Anne banished her regret at parting with Henry, though his pale figure pressed on her sight. It may seem a paradox, but he was more present to her when she sailed. Her tears then were all his own. "'My poor Anne!' thought Mary. Along this road we came, and near this spot you called me your guardian angel, and now I leave thee here. Ah, no, I do not. Thy spirit is not confined to its mouldering tenement. Tell me, thou soul of her I love, tell me, ah, whether art thou fled? Anne occupied her until they reached the ship. The anchor was weighed. Nothing can be more irksome than waiting to say farewell. As the day was serene, they accompanied her a little way, and then got into the boat. Henry was the last. He pressed her hand. It had not any life in it. 
she leaned over the side of the ship without looking at the boat until it was so far distant that she could not see the countenances of those that were in it a mist spread itself over her sight she longed to exchange one look tried to recollect the last the universe contained no being but henry the grief of parting with him had swept all others clean away her eyes followed the keel of the boat and when she could no longer perceive its traces she looked around on the wide waste of waters thought of the precious moments which had been stolen from the waste of murdered time she then descended into the cabin regardless of the surrounding beauties of nature and throwing herself on her bed in the little hole which was called the stateroom she wished to forget her existence on this bed she remained two days listening to the dashing waves unable to close her eyes a small taper made the darkness visible and the third night by its glimmering light she wrote the following fragment poor solitary wretch that i am here alone do i listen to the whistling winds and dashing waves on no human support can i rest when not lost to hope i found pleasure in the society of those rough beings but now they appear not like my fellow-creatures no social ties draw me to them how long how dreary has this day been yet i scarcely wish it over for what will to-morrow bring to-morrow and to-morrow will only be marked with unvaried characters of wretchedness yet surely i am not alone her moistened eyes were lifted up to heaven a crowd of thoughts darted into her mind and pressing her hand against her forehead as if to bear the intellectual weight she tried but tried in vain to arrange them father of mercies compose this troubled spirit do i indeed wish it to be composed to forget my henry the my the pen was directly drawn across in an agony End of chapter nineteen